Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. So she suffers from mental health problems, very serious mental health problems. Doctor put her on antidepressants. She went from having a very active sex life or intimacy with her boyfriend, her long-term boyfriend, to having very little sex because she just doesn't feel the urge anymore. Now, just a word of warning to people who are taking antidepressants, there's nothing unusual about that. That is quite normal for people to feel like that when you're taking antidepressants. And by the way, that's not just for women. For women, it affects the libido and the, the willingness and the wanting to have sex and the urge to have sex. But for men, it can affect um, from a physical sense. So if men are taking antidepressants, it can affect your ability to get an erection, for example. It may not affect the urge because you still have testosterone, but it may affect your ability to get an erection. And that is one of the downsides, of course, to taking antidepressants. Of course, the upside to taking antidepressants, it can make you feel a lot better if you're dealing with mental health problems and you're dealing with depression. It can make you, I suppose, cope with life a little bit better for some people. Some people agree with antidepressants, other people just don't and resist taking them at all costs because there is an argument by some psychologists, I'm not saying all, um, because I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist, I'm not qualified to tell you, but there is an argument that it can mask a problem and doesn't actually fix the problem or the, I suppose, the underlying reason why you might be suffering from depression. Anyway, we won't get too deep into that aspect of it tonight. The aspect we want to deal with here is what should she do? She doesn't want to lose her relationship either, but she doesn't want to have sex. And her boyfriend, obviously, you know, he wants intimacy in the marriage as well because that's important to him too. And, I, you know, that, that's understandable as well. We, so there has to be a balance, doesn't there? Uh, the number is 87 Let me go to Deirdre. Deirdre, hi, how are you? Uh, how are you, Niall? How is it going? How is your old darling Karen? She's grand. Thanks very much indeed, Deirdre. What, 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 what do so, you think? Well, it, like, it, it's, it's hard to know, like, like with a, situ- like, a situation like that. Do you know what I mean? No, like thank God I never have. I I never. Uh, God help anyone that ha- there is depressed and all that. Nile there isn't it. You know. Mm. Yeah, I mean. it's very difficult. It can be very difficult to go through something like that. It can be, and I, I very, can understand that. It can be very. It can be very very difficult. And the whole thing was Nile with this COVID. It really drove everyone mad. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people this suffered COVID from depression did. during COVID. A lot of people did. Because, an awful lot. Yeah. An awful lot of people. Now, thank God I didn't. But mm. uh, there's no, you know what I mean, and but it was an awful thing. But the way people were, yeah, where people were were locked up, and so, it did not help. So what does she do? She's on antidepressants, and obviously the the sex in the relationship or the intimacy is kind of gone now, and you know, so she wants to keep her relationship at the same time. So what? Does, how does she do that? How do you balance that? Well, so look, so. Try and have a chat and see, like you know, they're not going to have sex every night of the week, would they? Well, she said they've you gone. I mean? They've gone from having us three or four times a week to once every couple of weeks, which is not good enough for the boyfriend, seemingly. Well, so look, I I try and you know what I mean. Try and try and try and cut back on it or that, you know what I mean. But mm. I won't be having, you know what I mean. I won't be having sex the way you know. Yeah, I just have it every every so often or that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because pr- probably the tablets, are, you know, with anyone is no. Well, well, they do, definitely do. Antidepressants can affect your ability to want to have intimacy. Yeah. Yes, obviously, the, the, I would. The, I wouldn't think that would be a good thing to be on. Do you think and sex is important in a relationship, Deirdre? Well, I well, I don't really think like you know what I mean. I, I really don't think that, but. 
I mean, you know what I mean? If it, if it keeps people, if it keeps people happy, like you know. But I mean, I I wouldn't be into it anyway, Niall. Because you wouldn't be into what the relationship or the sex. Well, the sex, Niall. I wouldn't. Which, I, I'm not a one now for. Doesn't doesn't do anything for, for you. It wouldn't, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't do, no, it wouldn't do that for me at all. Right, Did right. you hear about Marty Morrissey? What? Did you hear the latest? <laughs> we're we're going into Marty Morrissey now. I didn't hear the latest. What's the latest? Oh, he was a, wait till I tell you, Niall. Oh. He was above at the M50. He was tumbling on the road. Yeah. And what do you think happened? The guard stopped him. Yeah. And he said to Marty, he said, God, Marty, you're doing an awful legal thing here, he said. You could end up in jail. Oh, I said, look, at sure, if I'm in jail, do you know what I'll do? I'll commentate. I'll commentate it in the Mount Joy, and I'll make I'll make a team with all the prisoners. I'll make a football team out of them and a hurling team. I'll make a team with them all. <laughs> this is why, this, you know. Right. Is that a joke? So was that a joke, Deirdre? Uh, that's a joke, huh? yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. There's a lot of jokes. I was, I, was what, uh, I think there's a bit missing from that joke for some reason. <laughs> sorry, Deirdre. Then we go to Colm as well. Colm. How's it going, Lloyd? How are you? Good, Colm. Colm, I mean, this is a difficult situation, isn't it, for anybody to be in? You know, because... Yeah, because, of course, you don't want to see somebody suffer from the mental health. But also, you want yeah. to see a relationship being healthy, too. So it's a kind of balance, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. But like, I agree with the lady there as well. When you're on antidepressants, or if we are sick, like, is is the are they married? Are, is the couple married? No, he, she says long term boyfriend. So I, I'm assuming they're with each long-term other a long boyfriend. time. Yeah, it should be understandable enough. Then, shouldn't we? Like, if a person is sick, and like depression is a thing that seems to be forever. Yeah, just just seems to be a thing forever. Mm. So like, well, it doesn't have to be forever. By the way, it doesn't have to be forever. Depends on the person, though. You know, some people... Like, well, I, I went through serious depression, you know, at one stage in my life. And, you know, myself. Yeah, and, and but, um, you know, once, once you maybe meet the right person or you get the right support or you, or you can turn that part of your life around again, things can settle down again, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, but I'd like, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't... Like, I, I, I can't understand why you would leave a person if, if they're sick. Especially if they're sick and you can need you and depending on you know I'm so long. Mm. So if you know I'm that long, surely to God, like you said to yourself, well, I can't leave the girl like that. You know? Yeah. Because if you do, if you do leave the girl, you're going to completely bust her heart and make her into a bigger depressed person. Yeah, of course, well, yeah. People like that, from my experience, have taken their lives. So mm. Yeah, well, that's the last thing you'd want to and see happen. It does happen, like, it does yeah. happen, like. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's a tricky one, though, that is. That's a very tricky one. But me, personally, if it was me and I was with somebody and they were suffering from depression and they didn't feel like, well, you can't push someone into something they don't want to do. No, this is absolutely true. You know? So, so how, like, would you, how would you deal with that situation then if you were him? Personally, if it was me, I'd stick by the girl until I see what way it's all the girl. And what about, what about your, your manly needs, I suppose, is what he's kind of thinking your of. Manly needs just going to have to go and stand by for a while if you're a man. Look after yourself. You know? Yeah, look after yourself. Look after yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Well, for others out there, you know, yourself, they'll stray. They go to hotel rooms. They'll meet people Well, outside. I wouldn't encourage that either. That's that's not a good thing yeah, for the relationship. Do, oh, I know. I know people do that. And they do say the number one reason that men cheat is for sex. The number one reason women cheat is for attention. It's for attention. Mm. Yeah. Like I don't know. That's a really, really tricky one. That is a free. For me, I just stand by the girl because, like I said, 
Yeah. There's a lot of people that wouldn't, you know. Yeah, because our mental and health is certainly more important in this situation is what you're saying to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. what if it was the other way around? Well, yeah, it could, be. it could happen the other way around, yeah. But if he was an antidepressant, he wouldn't be able to perform, so to speak. So would she wait? Yeah, well, I, I suppose she'd have to, that's wouldn't he? He would expect. He would probably expect her. He would probably expect her to. Yeah. Yeah, that's the question she has to ask herself. Mm. Would he wait? No. Well, say, well, say there for a second. Let me go to Pauline as well. Pauline, how you doing? You're on Ireland's Classic It's Radio. Hi, Nan. How are you? Good, Pauline. Nice to talk to you, Pauline. It's a very difficult situation because the relationship is important too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. how do you deal with that? So, why is she an antidepressant now? Let me start. Well, she's not antidepressants because she just found it difficult to cope with life. She's in her forties. Okay. And well, she she yeah, did okay. she did say that you know I I had to go on them the year a year into the pandemic as I had a breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing has had a terrible effect on everybody. Oh, it did. Yeah, it did. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a terrible. Situation. She's not married. But I'm going to assume that I'm speaking about a married couple. Yeah. But he, her, her partner is going to have to be very understanding, I suppose, and yeah. like loving towards her and affectionate. And hopefully, although I don't agree with people taking antidepressants, I think half the country are, anti- are on antidepressants. I think, I think I agree with you, by the way. Too many people are on antidepressants. Yes, yeah. I, I don't, I, it shouldn't be the first port of call. No, no, I remember now the taxi saying that on the late late show years ago, mm. and the audience laughed, and it was the truth. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to disagree with you completely. I think doctors are very quick to prescribe them. You too know, yeah, uh, yeah, too quick to prescribe everything like that. But with understanding and love and affection, we thought she won't continue to take them. Although I think they put them on them for months at a time. Well, I don't yeah. know. People are on people are on them for that. years at a time. Yeah, yeah. That's no way to live. That's not a life. That's only an existence. Well, for, I, do, I don't know. I've never been on them, but from people who are on them, they say that it can be life-changing. I don't know. I can't testify I to know, that. I don't know, but I don't agree. I don't agree with it being the solution to anything. Whatever she's going through life, there are other ways um, of coping, and especially where her, her husband, or in this case, partner, is concerned with love and support. And I do. I, I do remember. Sorry for interrupting. I do remember a story going back about seven or eight years ago. I think it was in the Irish Examiner, where one of the young reporters, who was perfectly fine, she was in her mid twenties, and she went around to nineteen doctors, and basically said that she was depressed, and every single one of them prescribed antidepressants. Oh uh, but she just wanted to see would they prescribe them, and not one of them, by the way, had suggested that she go and get some talk therapy or, so you know, or talk. Yeah, which it which should be the first protocol. I think so. Um, but like that, in in situations that you need love and support from all your friends, family and that, and that you get you through. People are loving and kind to somebody feeling like that. But popping people on pills is no solution. In fact, I think prescribed, no, first, the biggest killer is cancer, then heart attack and heart disease, that kind of thing. And then the third biggest killer is prescribed um, medication. In the world, it's just they're too quick to scribble and put people on antidepressants and they become dependent on them, I suppose. But that's no, that's no way to live. That's only in existence. You cannot, you, you cannot possibly react normally to any situation. Although I can understand anxiety if a person is strung up all the time from the situation that they're in. That it must give them a little bit of relief, but to put somebody on long term. I don't know where you got um, that figure, by the way, at the third biggest killer because it's not. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, I, just in order, I'm just looking at it here, by the way. In order, the biggest killer in the world is heart disease. Cancer yeah, is actually right. the second biggest killer, which is not far behind, by the way. Yeah. Um, and accidents, unintentional injuries is third. Stroke is fourth. Chronic lower respiratory disease is fifth. Alzheimer's is sixth. Diabetes is seventh. I can go on. Let me see if I can I'll, I'll see if I can extend this list here to see if I can get on. It, it doesn't, I'm going to be honest, there's a list of the top 10 here and it doesn't mm-hmm. mention prescribed uh, prescription drugs. I am sure it is a killer, by the way. I'm not doubting you, Pauline. I'm sure it is a killer, but not not as high as you think, but maybe. Oh, definitely is, because when I researched it, and that would be a few years back, it was the third biggest killer prescribed, um, whatever you call them, pharmaceuticals. And that is what the biggest killer was. The side effects from the majority of the things that people are taking causes more harm than whatever they're trying to fix. And that, that was a fact then. Now, I know a lot has been changed, like the meanings of words, um, the understanding of history, things that have gone on the past. All of those things are going to be changed and we will never have the proper information again. But when I researched it, that was correct. So I'm not sure what, like you said, what it is now. Okay, well, I'm reading another article here, by the way, and it says uh, prescription drugs are the third leading cause of death after heart disease and cancer in the United States. Okay, well, I'm sorry, well, then I take back what I just said, because there's two different reports and both say something different. Okay, but according to this, this is the National Institute of Health in the United States, and it says prescription drugs are the third leading cause of death after heart disease and cancer. Yeah, I wouldn't tell you. I wouldn't tell you. No, no, I know. I didn't. No, I didn't say you would. I just want to speak to one hundred percent sure. Yeah, I can see in Limerick all the time. Sorry, Colm? People kill themselves in Limerick all the time over prescription drugs. It's a, yeah, big, it's a big killer in Limerick. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, when you, think about, yeah, when you think about it like that, people might take their lives on prescription drugs, yeah, because, of but course, that's the side of it. They don't actually mean to. What happens is um, they start getting used to these things and you see them walking around and they look like zombies, but to them, they think they're fine. And then after, say, a couple of months' time, you'd hear that they're dead and then you'd ask, oh, well, how did they die? Or they died from an overdose. They didn't die from an overdose. What happened was, mm. they were used to taking 10. 10 went to 12. Mm. 12 went to 14. They were so used to it, their bodies got used to it, that they needed more to make them feel normal. And then when they did start feeling normal, sometimes they'd overdo it. They might be at a party and say, how many did they take? Oh, I took 10. They'd be so old of it. And they'd say, oh, no, I didn't. And they'd throw another five or six back or throw it before you know it. They'd rather love them, they're gone. Well, well, hang on a second, both of you. Just let me go to Holly as well. Holly, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall, how are you? It's a, it's a kind of complicated issue because we're, we're talking about two things at the one time here. But I suppose let's, getting back to the original conversation. Um, so this, this girl is now on antidepressants, which has affected her relationship. So what should she do? I so feel for her and I really hope that she's listening at the moment because I have been where she was. Mm. And I totally, 100% get her. Um, I'm in my 40s and like that, um, I suffered a tragic loss in my family and I was put on antidepressants like that. The doctor was very quick to give them PTSD and whatever. And I I found about 18 months on them. I started to change and I put it down to that. And then I went back to my doctor and I just asked her, I said, and I know it's not talked about a lot. I asked her, could this be the menopause or perimenopause or whatever? Yeah, early early menopause, yep. Yeah, and straight away I was, no, you're too young. No way, definitely not. You're not even 50 and all this. So I brushed it under the carpet and whatever. So I went back maybe six months later and I said, look, I've gone from a very healthy sex life, 
loving my husband, everything to not even wanting to be touched, you know, just not, mm-hmm. he irritated me in the bedroom. If I was cold and he put the blanket over me, I it would nearly start to row. And that, and I was like, this can't go on. There's something wrong here and whatever. So I'm back to my doctor again, spoke with her, still hit nowhere. So I looked into it myself and that, and I changed a few things in myself um, and that, and I did say to her, I wanted to come off the antidepressants. I felt they were numbing me. I wasn't feeling... Yeah. Feelings that you I felt yourself, feeling. yeah. You feel, felt you were yourself, yeah. yeah. Totally, and and I do appreciate that some people need them. I obviously needed them at the time to get over a great loss, um, and that. But I felt that they had served their purpose, and I needed to to get off them. And she did. She helped me to get off them. But the libido, everything was still the same, and nothing was changing. I thank God I have the best husband in the world. He was so supportive, um, made me feel like. A supermodel, you know what I mean? There was no, I just couldn't get that. And I remember going back to my doctor again for a third time, maybe third time was lucky. And she said, Right, I listen to you. She put me on a very low dose of HRT and she said, We'll see how you get on. Was, it, was it just, weeks, did you go on testosterone as well? Yes, okay. I did. Okay. Um, so I did. And like, I was having hot sweat. Yeah. They would start at my toes and come out my head. Do you know what I mean? I was a- agitated, irritated, moody. You know, my husband was thinking, God, she could be back on the antidepressants and whatever. And I was like, no, this is more than this. And within six weeks of being on HRT, I started to initiate in the bedroom. Yeah. And you started feeling like, yourself oh again. Yeah. Yeah, I really and truly was. And I had more energy. I didn't feel that numb-numb feeling. Um, I met at a point of... I started to care about myself again, my appearance. You know, it wasn't just down to depression. Yes, doctors are very quick to prescribe antidepressants without trying other things first. That's just my personal experience. I, I'm not on them now, and I'm delighted that I'm not on them, and that's just me personally. And are you still on the HRT now? You're still on it? Yes, I'm still on a very low dose. I still have a cycle. It's irregular, but it's perimenopause, definitely. But it, it changed me. It changed everything. Well, I did, I did, we did speak to Dr. Creva Hartley recently. We had around. She's a menopause expert. And, you know, estrogel and testogel can make a huge difference to people's lives, to women's lives, particularly in their mid-40s. Uh, but it's not for Absolutely. everybody. But not for everybody, no. but it does work. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, women, I, I'm actually, I, I joined this um, Facebook page and it was actually, I seen it through TikTok and it was women saying, I feel this and I feel that. And actually, there was one woman that felt suicidal and did not know where these feelings were coming from. It was all these hormones and the highs and the lows. And it's it's not talked about enough. And I really feel for that woman. And I hope that if she is listening tonight, that she would just go to her GP, air her concerns and say, look, it's, it's, I don't need another tablet like antidepressant or anxiety medicine. Just say, look, can you just note it and come back in again in three months' time? There are herbal things. You can go on that ashwagandha. It's absolutely amazing. You can get it in the health food shop. And magnesium. magnesium and by, by the way, it would be no harm to go... To, and by the way, if your own doctor is not listening to you, this is what I talked to Quiva Hartley about who specialises in menopause. 
go to a female doctor, and that maybe that's a bit sexist of me, who understands menopause, and not just a GP, and no harm to them, who will just write you off and send you off out of the office. So go to somebody who has an understanding of menopause, because you can get a blood test done, you can test your markers, you know, to see where they are, your testosterone, your estrogen yeah. levels, etc., progesterone levels, you can test to see where they are, to see if they're in the right place. Now, they're not always perfect anyway, but just to see if they're close enough in the right range. And if they're down, well then Absolutely. HRT is the answer. Yeah, and they've actually, um, they've in the west of Ireland, they've actually opened, for that reason, a menopause clinic. That you're, It's a GP referral and it's a menopause clinic and it's run by a wonderful lady. And she, like, itchy ears, irritation, just, you know, smell different. It's nearly like being pregnant again, you know, and you're just listened to. Yeah. Because the symptoms of, I I didn't mean to go into a menopause topic tonight, but I think it's really interesting because the symptoms of menopause can be so different for every single woman. Some women describe pains in their joints and their arms and their legs, the hot flashes. Some women don't even get the hot flashes and describe smells, as you said, unusual smells that they keep smelling all the time or, you know, a pain in their head, migraines. It can affect every woman differently. But the one thing that is common is libido. And, you know, and it can affect your libido so badly, as you rightly said, you're just not interested at all. And it's not that you don't want no. to please your partner or you don't love your partner. It just it just isn't there. You just don't have your mojo. Yeah, yeah. You're not like you were in your 20s. And I just, and there's no I reason really, for that because you should be like you were in your 20s. And, and there's medication, yeah. as you rightly said there, to help you get back to where you were in your 20s to feel like that again. There's no reason Absolutely. for I mean, women, if you go back 50 years ago, once women had their last child, that was it. Sure, they were useless. They were done. You know what I mean? And and you'd yeah, see women getting yeah. osteoporosis at 60. If you look back at all our old grandmothers, by the time they were 60, they were all curved over and they were old looking and they had hair coming out of their chins and you know, all this kind of thing. But yeah. we've, we've moved yeah. on so much with HRT and it's not pleased for those who read those reports 20 years ago saying it gave you cancer. It doesn't. That's only if you were yeah. already at a risk of breast cancer that it increased the risk very slightly. Talk to your doctor about that. But those, they're all myths. HRT is a life changer for so many women. Absolutely. And I really hope that that woman just doesn't lose sight in herself and that she just knows that this isn't forever. She will come out of this, that it is going on more than she knows. Mm -hmm. And her partner sounds like he's amazing. So he does. And if he truly loves her, and it sounds like they've been together for so long, they will get through this and they'll get back to their 20s of four and five times a week. <laughs> yeah, you know, he'll, he'll be telling her he has a headache. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, Pauline, you talked to us before about menopause. It wasn't something you experienced in your life, was it? I think, if I remember rightly. I have six. I have, there were seven in my family, six girls. I've never heard one of them. Now, I can't say everybody would have gone all of us would have gone through anything in particular. Never heard one of them discuss the menopause, complain about the menopause, the way I will only say what our family are like. It's a natural part of life. And I just think it's another excuse for drug pushing. And ah, please, Pauline. And that is oh, what I think. No. I never even, Pauline, I, I never completely even, disagree with you, Pauline. I'm sorry. I never, oh, even heard, I never even heard my mother Speak about and, and let's be clear, by the way, the, the drugs you're talking about for menopause, HRT is not actually a drug, it's a hormone. There's a, there's a big yeah. difference yeah. in a drug and a hormone. HRT is a natural hormone that's produced by your body. It's not a drug. I don't know what people, people did. Pauline, people never in, talked in, about this years ago. No. Your mother wouldn't it have talked about this. It was brushed like under the carpet. It really does. Sorry, say that it again. Like a, it just sounds like an advertisement for a hormone clinic for me. 
to me. But Absolute I never nonsense. Even heard, I never even heard my mother discuss the menopause. Of course, because most people's mothers didn't discuss the menopause. You know what I mean? My mother certainly never discussed the menopause because there was a kind of stigma attached to it. It's only in the last... I've noticed since doing this this particular show, and, and I was on the daytime show as well, in the last 13 years, even for the first four or five, six years, we never mentioned the menopause. It was only in the last four or five years that everybody is kind of talking about it. And I think that's wonderful. I think it's great. I think it gives women a reason to discuss with each other the different problems that can come along with life just being a woman. And by the way, lads, I'm not forgetting you because I think a conversation will have to start very soon around what they call the andropause. It's not quite the same as the menopause, not quite as serious, thankfully, for men, but it does actually happen. Men's testosterone levels go down. We had a doctor on three weeks ago talking about the andropause for men. If you find, lads, that your, your mojo is starting to disappear when you get to 40 or 50 years of age, go to the doctor, have your testosterone levels checked, and you can take testogel as well. Obviously not too much of it. You you don't want to be running around wild. But, of course, that can help men too. It's really important that we keep ourselves in the fittest possible state we possibly can to be happy throughout life. Holly, it's a wonderful conversation, by the way. Thank you very much indeed for raising it. And I I really appreciate you raising it. Thank you. And and how's things now? Are you good now? You all good to go? Absolutely. It's just brilliant. Life certainly begins in your late 40s. Yeah, you're an awakened woman and I'm sure your husband is the happiest man in the world. Right, darling, you get up on the lampshade tonight. I'll swing from the door. (laughs) Oh, I hope your kids are not listening. Be mortified. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, Holly. Appreciate you coming on the air. Let me go to James. James, hi, how are you? How are you, man? How are you doing, James? Okay, this is an interesting conversation. Let me get back to what we're talking about, I suppose. Uh, this particular woman, which could be, by the way, a menopausal problem, I don't know. But she's depressed, she's on an antidepressants, and unfortunately the sex life's gone out the window. So what should she do? Or what should he do? Well, I, I suppose there's a couple of factors to it now. I suppose one of the ways I was looking at it from a different point of view, and it can work both for male or female, but... As we were saying there, a lot of people are given antidepressants, right, because they could have issues with their mental health, which is which is understandable. But there's people who are on antidepressants long-term. And unfortunately, one of the side effects to that could be they just don't want sex, their libido's gone down, but their mental health is getting better because they're on the tablets. So I suppose for a lot of couples, I'm just thinking for a lot of couples out there, it's not even about the sex, I think. It's personally, it's about the intimacy of being with your partner. It's not about just sex, 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 jumping on and getting what you can. It's it's about, it's only something you and your partner will do together. Um, and when people are on antidepressants long-term, it unfortunately, it, the side effects, are, there's no sex life whatsoever. There's no intimacy there. And it can cause couples to break up, I suppose, more than anything else is what I believe. Yeah. Um, and that goes more for male and female. I'm not just saying just And it can be difficult. It. it can be difficult because obviously, you know, people, the, the, the person who's not on the antidepressants finds it hard to understand maybe, you know, why their wife or their husband, whichever way around it is, you know, is not interested in them anymore. And that can be difficult for somebody to handle. And then, do you know what? Like, like I think the anti-depression touches everybody. I think back to 2014 now, I went through a, a, an awful patch of it myself. I had a business that failed. Um, I came over thinking that I was a failure myself. I was in the mood for nothing. No, I personally tried antidepressants for about a month. I did not like them the way they made me feel. Um, but I was lucky at the time that my wife kind of gave me a kick in the arse and 
stop me every morning when she was getting up for work. She was dragging me out of bed to make sure I was up and she was writing lists for me to do stuff around the house and get keep active. And I was lucky because I had the support and eventually I came around again and I didn't have to go on any antidepressants and I, I was happy and thank God I'm still here with my wife 27 years later and I'm, I'm comfortable and I'm okay. But I, I, was, I, think, I was prescribed them at one point in my life, but I didn't take them. Um, I just didn't want to. Yeah, I went into my doctor now at the time and I was just saying, look, times are tough. Um, lost my business. I'm in the verge of losing my house. And straight away he said, look, I'm going to give you a tablet to try. I was like, well, hang on a minute. I'd like a, is there any alternatives? Look, try these for me. See how you get on with them. And I yeah. remember coming out and going back to my wife saying, he gave me antidepressants. And she said, maybe they're the good thing. And I was like, I know, but like he didn't even listen to what I was saying. It was just like, here's an antidepressant. And I remember for the month I took him, Nile, as a man, I could honestly say I was interested in nothing. And I mean, if my wife came near me wearing whatever I wanted her to wear, I just did not want to even look. I couldn't even be arsed um, because there was nothing working over being on antidepressants. No, no, because unfortunately it relaxes you so much that uh, an erection is beyond all possibility. That's, that's the problem <laughs> for a lot of men. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. When you have people out there then who is on antidepressants for a long term, right, their mental health is getting good and they're, they're in a good place. But it's hard then for a couple when there's no intimacy in the relationship. Because I had this conversation with a group of friends and I'm lucky I was able to have the conversation in general. We were talking about it and one of the lads says, Christ, you might as well go out and get a roommate instead because if there's no intimacy there, there's nothing going on. And I said, I'm a lad let's be realistic, you're still your wife, you still love each other, I know, and they were saying, I know, I understand that, but the point they were making was like, it's very hard when it's long-term and there's no intimacy there, because unfortunately there is needs, and I know previous caller said, oh, you sort yourself out, and I understand that, but as I said, it's not about the sex, it's about the, about intimacy, the intimacy with your yeah. partner. Yeah, of course. And that's what it is, like, because when people are in that way, they don't even want to hug, Neil. they just want to be left alone completely, which is understandable, but and that is understandable, but that, but as I said earlier on, yeah. that can be difficult for the other person because as much as you understand it because you're in the position you're in, your partner might not understand, why doesn't she want to hug me? Why doesn't she, is it something wrong with me? Am I not attractive anymore? Is, am I doing something wrong? Or You know what I mean? And they yeah. can feel a bit like that. And you hear people saying, you, people come on the air here and they'll tell me, ah, that's just selfishness. And I understand what people are coming from because, as I said, mental health is a, a major issue, as you know. And I suppose... Everybody talks about you need to remember what's going on and try to understand what's going on in these people's heads. But I'm looking at the point where if someone's on antidepressants long term and their mental health is actually pretty good because of the antidepressants, but the side effect is that there's no sex life or there's no intimacy or anything like that, that can do more damage to any relationship out there, no matter what way you look at it, mm-hmm. because they can be mentally strong, mentally healthy, but yet they just don't want to... Well, be here's the thing as well, them. and here's a bit of advice too. If you are on antidepressants and it is affecting your libido and your sex life, and you know, and obviously it's causing a bit of a problem in the relationship, maybe it could be causing a problem in the relationship, you could visit your doctor and you know, talk to your doctor about options, and there are options available, you know, particularly for women, and for men, in relation to those things, for men, I suppose Viagra is an option. For women, you know, testosterone is an option, depending on their age and if they're going through that, that time in their life as well. That, that can be an option too. So there are options to try and things to try. 
of course. And I think the hardest part, people with people now, is that you have a lot of males out there that might their GP could be female or vice versa. You could have females and their GPs are male, and it's very hard to go in and talk to their GP about their sex lives with the opposite sex. If yeah, you I'd know be mortified. Could you imagine? Yeah, I wouldn't be able yeah. to say that. I don't know. Maybe I'd go to a female GP and say, "Listen, I can't get it up anymore." You know, I mean, I don't. Look, I, don't know. Man, I always remember I was looking at getting the sniff done. I have I have five kids, and I was saying that's enough. We decided that was enough. But my GP was a uh, female, and even having that conversation and when you decide to get it they kind of have to talk it through with you and they ask you all questions about what if something happened in your family would do you want it but like I remember sitting there thinking oh, oh talking to a female about it it was just yeah. I, I, I came out there thinking to myself I'm going to melt and if anybody's looking at me yeah, big red face in it. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and, and that's just I suppose that's the way of life but I suppose the main thing is that people talk about it and, and, and that's what's important say, yeah in a relationship communication yeah communication like, if you have a partner whose mental health is after getting good and they're back to themselves and they're feeling great, but there's no, like, say, okay, maybe we could try something else. Do you know what I mean? Do we need to start going out on more date nights and maybe seeing can we do something naturally again and enjoying life? And, and I think and I think for people who are on antidepressants, if you're listening and you're on antidepressants and you're not in the mood for sex, and like Holly was saying earlier on, your husband's just irritating you and even the thoughts of having sex turns you off completely. Talk to your husband about that and explain that it's not his fault. You know, that it, it's a, you understand what the problem is and, and they will be more supportive, I think, because I think it's unfortunate and it's unfair sometimes to a husband or wife to feel that they're not wanted, to feel that maybe you don't love them anymore, you don't find them attractive anymore, particularly if it's a woman, I suppose, and if it's a husband that's gone off having sex. You know, that you, the last thing you want is your wife feeling like she's not attractive anymore. And exactly, as, as your call, one of your other callers said there earlier, Niall, and the worst again is when you get somebody who runs off thinking that they need to find somebody else to fulfil their needs, and that just destroys lives and marriages again, and all because maybe a conversation hasn't been had between yourself and your partner. Absolutely. Well, say there, let, me, well let me just go to Oshin as well. Oshin, how are you doing here on Ireland's Classic It's Radio? Hey, Niall, thank you. Good. Oshin, what, what do you want to say? Oh, Gene, your line is very bad there. Have you got a, the phone in your pocket or something? Sorry, is that better? No, is that better? It, it's a little bit better, but go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, no, I've been in that situation a long, long time ago. And uh, talk to your partner. Talk to your partner. You might not want it, but your partner's not going to know what's going on. I, was like, I wouldn't say they're really depressed, but depressed enough where I went on the next pro for about 18 months. I, 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 it's it's finding it impossible to hear you, Oshin, for whatever reason. Your your phone line is just really, really low. Are you on a speakerphone? No, no, no. Is that any better? Not really, no. Because you were on, okay, you were on LexiPro at the time, yeah. That's right, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry about the phone line. Though. No, that's okay, that's okay. Um, so now talk to your partner, because if you don't talk, talking is key. If you don't talk, they won't understand. Yeah. And they can separate you. You can separate you by miles. And hopefully you've got a good partner who understands. And wants to help you. Um, you know, I eventually got to the stage of about 18 months, so I decided, nope, I had enough, I got my sex tune back, I got my mojo back, and that was enough for me. Yeah. No, no, I, I understand. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry your line was so bad, Ushin. I do have to cut you a little bit short because, unfortunately, it's very difficult to hear you. I do apologise. Maybe she'll try and get you back on a better line or something like that. Uh, let me just say, say, let me go to Susan. Susan, hi, how are you? Hi, Nana. How are hi, you hi, keeping? How are you, how are you keeping? I'm Everything good. good with you? You good. don't mind the rain? No, no, everything's grand. So, uh, Susan, yeah, what, what what does this wife do? She's on antidepressants, she's gone off sex, and she doesn't believe it's fair on her partner either, you know, but she wants to know kind of what no. to do. I'd say give up the... Oh, sorry, sorry, Nile, about John's going out the door. Excuse me. See you, John. I'd Bye. Say, 
Jesus. Good night, John. You can't beat live radio. Okay. You just can't. Okay. Yeah. So you can't beat it. Did you give him a kiss goodbye? Did you? So I did. I did. I gave him a kiss. Okay. Yeah. So the thing is, I'd say give up the antidepressants. They tried to put me in an antidepressants. It's called a lansipane because I had a bit of a chest thing and it wasn't clearing. And I said, you know, the, the antibiotics gave me, they're not clearing. I'm being punished for my hair source. Well, that's a little bit unusual for you to say so, Susan. I think we need to put you in touch with psychiatrists. Psychiatrists said you need to take these olanzapine. Okay. I didn't take them. I just pretended I was taking them, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So the problem with those things is I think you, you might be able to, or you might get addicted to them. And I don't think they're worth bothering. I think if you keep yourself busy and you get up and you do a bit of exercise and you keep going like from early morning until late and you just keep yourself busy and not bother with any antidepressants, I don't think you need it. Yeah. I think if you, if you keep exercise. Yeah. If you do. Yeah. Well, do I, for some people that works. Yeah. For hobby, some people. Yeah. It works. And, I think it would work for everyone. Mm, well, I, I don't, don't know. Think. Well, I don't know for everyone. Now, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know for everyone. But for some people, you know, a good way of dealing with depression is keeping yourself busy and keeping yourself healthy. Is where, of course, is very important too. Yeah, healthy and yeah. and and if you take up a hobby. Yeah. Take up a hobby and 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 not bother. I, I'm not going to recommend that this lady come off her anti- antidepressants because that's what she's been prescribed, and I'm not a doctor, so I can't you know do that. But maybe she should could talk yeah. to her doctor about that. Yeah, well, I deactivated myself from the doctors. I don't go to a doctor. I haven't been since last year. Well, and hopefully you, you won't know? need to. Yeah, hopefully you don't need to ever go to a doctor. Well, well, hopefully not. There's my doc, and um, if if you're desperate for a doctor and you haven't got one, mm. you know. So if a doctor prescribed you antidepressants tomorrow, you wouldn't take them. Oh, you joking me? No, no, I don't go to a doctor now. No, I don't okay. go to one. Okay. I, 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 I'd say to anyone, don't bother with those things. I'd say they're a waste of time. You're, you're zonked out of your brains, and then, and then you're, you're losing your libido as well. So, so what's it, what's it no, all about? Well, it's, not for, it's not for everybody, obviously. But again, as I said, I'm not a doctor, so I can't prescribe them to people. But I do believe they are overprescribed. I don't want to say the wrong thing on the air. I yeah, don't no, 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 I know, I know. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you I, to some degree. I do believe they're overprescribed, yes. Oh, completely. Okay, yeah. I think so. I think so too, and and I think if you do exercise and you look after your health and you look after what you eat, I don't think you need pills. But then well, doctors okay. are going to come on the air and say, "How dare you say that on the air? That's yeah. not right." Yeah, well, they, they they can come on and say that too if they want to. Yeah, and and for some people, as I said, you're right. You know, staying healthy can help your mind as well. Absolutely. So so in this particular case, this girl is on antidepressants at the moment mm. and obviously she's no intimacy in her relationship now because her libido is affected. So and, yeah. and the boyfriend obviously isn't too pleased about that. He's dealing with it, but he's of not course. too pleased. Of course. He's so, probably want to run into the arms of another of another lady. Do you think that could happen? He's feeling yeah. um, yeah. he's feeling frustrated probably, you know. Mm. And and he's feeling Should he feeling, should he not just support his wife? Um well, well, yeah, of course, of course, support it. But there's only so much now you can do for a person when they're depressed. You can't really help them. It's like trying to help the homeless. You've got to help yourself. No, no, I, I agree. People have to help themselves, but you can't be there to You've support to. people. Yeah, you, you, you can, you can help the homeless, but you can only do so much. You've got to get the person and say, "You've got to sort this out. You, you've got to get yourself out of this." Mm. You know, and the, and I know, I know, it's easier said than done, especially. Like because I, because I'm old now, I just every day is, is I'm not old. I'm the same age as you now, but every day I waking up, it's it's a brilliant thing. It's a bonus for me, and I, I'm 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 loving life. 
and and I know I am a bit manic and I do get the highs yeah. where I'm probably bipolar and that's what mm. they think I am, okay. which I probably am. So I, I just think you're fun, by the way. Can I do you? All the times I've ever spoken to you, I just think you're funny. Well, some days I do get lows, yeah. you know, and I think, oh yeah. my God, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a, a bit low, and I'm feeling angry, and I'm feeling pissed off today. But then I get the highs, and the highs are great, yeah. you know. But um, but I I wouldn't recommend pills for anybody. Okay, well stay well stay there for a second. Let me go to Morgan as well. Morgan, hi, how are you? Oh good, how are you doing? Good. It's a complicated conversation because you've got two conversations together there, really, the, <laughs> the whole idea of taking antidepressants in the first place, and a lot of people have opinions on that. But how do you support somebody, you know, obviously, if your needs are not being met from a physical, intimate sense? Yeah, I think what's happening, I don't know the ins and outs of this, but I, I have a good intuition about what's going on, and it's probably the root cause of the depression. And um, rather than put it on the woman, um, I have a sneaking suspicion that the problem is going to arise from uh, the man in the relationship, essentially not living up to his obligations um, as being a leader in the relationship. Okay. And I've, I've seen this on many occasions, and ultimately it results in a sexless uh, life between right. two partners. Okay. So, so when, when, you imagine, say, when you say being a leader, expl- explain that to me if you can. In other words, being the alpha male. Being the male, being the, the leader in the relationship. Like, okay. So, Generally, what I find is when men aren't being men, and we know the time we live in, men aren't supposed to be men. They're supposed to take on the traits of uh, mm. women, essentially. Yeah, we're not allowed to be masculine anymore. No. Yeah, so if there's no masculinity, uh, women don't find femininity um, attractive unless they are some women attracted do. to women. Some women, course, yeah. Yeah, some women do. Most women do. Uh, most women I found have, um, if they're honest about it, do. They're attracted to masculine men, and when they cheat on their husbands, they're attracted to... Uh, Masculine men. We all know that saying where women women like a bastard. Um, but that's essentially what they're saying is that they like a masculine man. And I have a feeling that the man in the relationship isn't being masculine. He isn't uh, leading the relationship. And ultimately that will lead to depression, a lack of sexual attraction. So it's probably up to this guy um, to live in accordance with his own nature. And the same for the woman as well, for her to live in accordance with her nature. And then based on that, I think that's where happiness in a relationship will come from. Obviously, there needs to be an honest conversation between the two of them and what they want in a relationship. And it may be too late now. That may be something that needs to take place at the very beginning of a relationship. But I have a sneaking suspicion that that's where their unhappiness is coming from, especially if it relates to, uh, Mm. you know, sexual relations. But they would need, you would probably need the guy on the phone to have a proper chat with him to Mm. get to the root cause of it. But I think nine times out of ten, that's essentially what we're looking at with failures in relationships where man isn't being man, man doesn't take in other words he doesn't ta- he doesn't you know stick up to his role in the relationship yeah yeah and that's women women do find that attractive it doesn't mean you have to be a fucking brute or a control freak or anything like that you yeah you don't need... have to be a bollocks either yeah I, I get you I get what no. you mean yeah you just have to be a man yeah, you just live in accordance with your with your nature mm. and the, the constant talk about depression and I'm sorry to say it but listening to some of your callers I feel like I need an antidepressant myself because yeah. it's all very fucking bleak and, and dark but it doesn't have to do you, be do you believe antidepressants are overprescribed um yes because it's a quick fix yeah um it, it's an industry as well, so the quick fix. Well, it's a massive it's industry. industry. It's a, a trillion-dollar yeah. industry. Trillion-dollar yeah. industry. I haven't had to take them myself. I've, I've been depressed. Again, I think it's part of human nature. But the bigger question is why? Why are you depressed? I watched um, a great TV show on Netflix there a while ago. I'm trying to remember the bloody name of it now, and I can't. Uh, your man that played Batman the first time around. What's his name? Um, 
Oh gosh, gotta let me name's gone out of my head. He was the first Batman. What was his name? Oh, Adam West. No, after him, the, the first movie. Oh, the first movie. Um, oh. Christ, Michael it's Keaton was it? Michael or, Keating, or, exactly. Yeah, so he was in a Netflix program. There, it was a kind of there was a one one season, I think, of it. But it was about this uh, pharmaceutical company selling a particular pill for antidepression, uh, for depression, and it, it's mind blowing, mind blowing the damage it did to people. And the money they made off it, and the lawsuits afterwards, and oh, it's just mind blowing. Lex, it was not Lexapro, but something like that. Um, but anyway, it was just incredible, incredible, uh, and you know, completely that, overprescribed. Doctors being given commission to to prescribe it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yada yada yada. Yeah, well, there's yeah. probably no more people in the country that are more depressed than GPs because they have to listen to all their shit as well. And mm. um, so if you can imagine what that's like on a daily basis, uh, going in and having to listen to people's problems. And I'm uh, very conscious of the fact, by the way, that some people do take antidepressants that does the world good for them. I'm very conscious of the fact that, and, and again, I'm not a doctor to prescribe those to you. That's up to your doctor. Uh, but, stay, but stay there for a second because I want to go to Sarah as well. Stay there, Morgan. Uh, Sarah, Morgan believes there's more to this problem than maybe meets the eye. And I don't know. To be honest with you, I'm not an antidepressant, but like, um, just listen to one of your callers there in regard she went on to the HRT and it helped her but I went on to the HRT and it didn't help me it's different like, for I'm everyone like this, yeah. and like I'm like this nearly two years and at the start it was very very difficult now like when you're in a relationship with someone that you love and you don't know all of a sudden you don't want the person to go near you and you get irritable even if they just come over and try to give you a hug or even say something to you, like you're always on the defence all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in the bedroom and, you know, you do try and get, you know, the cuddles and stuff like that and then one thing will be leading to another and then all of a sudden an argument will start. And that was going on for a good year with me. You know, and then, like, he couldn't understand what was going on. I didn't know what was going on with myself. And I just ended up having nearly a nervous breakdown. I just said it to him. I just told him how I was feeling. And then I spoke to him. He got educated. He educated about it. He looked into it a little bit more. And he's a better understanding of where I'm coming from with it. You know, and, like, in the back of my mind, like, and I know I'm live on air and this is really personal, but there's times in the back of my mind I do be saying, like, because of the lack of sex in the relationship, would you go out and, because you do hear of men going out and cheating on you, and, like, I'm newly married, I'm with him over 10 years, and, like, he's an amazing man, I don't know how he puts up with me half of the time. Yeah. But we do have a bit of fun, we have a bit of crack, we talk about things, we go out, we do things. Um, we'll give each other hugs, like, and my husband is a very, um, he's a very huggy, emotional person. Like, he loves being loved, if you, if yeah. you get what I mean. Yeah, no, I understand that, that. Uh, yeah. He loves, he, he loves, uh, he loves the relationship, like, yeah. The, the affection, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I do feel guilty then when it comes to, like, actually having sex because you and just like, because I, you're just not interested it's not that I'm like I'm like I'd love to be able to be interested like I'd love to be able to but no matter how many times I've tried and tried and tried it just doesn't happen and I'm sorry that I don't and understand like, that I, because I, I, I find oh no absolutely and I find it hard to understand because I've never been in that position that I haven't been interested so and I suppose most men haven't because men have the problem less than women 
Um, and most men are, you know, as you, you know, that have sex in there before they die. So insane because we've more testosterone in our body. Um, and the HRT didn't work for you. You tried the testosterone and the HRT. No, the HRT worked to the extent that, like, I was sort of like the irritability wasn't within me. Um, and was it a full course of HRT? Was it estrogen and testosterone, or just estrogen and progesterone? Um. Like, what I'm on is a HRT tablet and I also have the coiling as well. So to say the mixture of both, that sort of balance out the hormones. Okay, that's estrogen and progesterone. The coil is the progesterone. The tablet you're taking is the estrogen. So so what about testosterone? Yeah, but I went to the doctor and the doctor gave me also stuff to try and help me, basically. I got boxes of the stuff. Okay. Did he, did he did he give you t- did he t- do a blood test and give you testosterone? He did, he, and all that, and it still didn't work. And okay, because like, testosterone normally works. works, normally works. But the only thing is, because it's not approved for women, um, it's given what they call off label by doctors. Now you have to be careful taking it because you don't want to end up with a deep voice and hair growing out of your chin. So, so what I'm saying is, but it does help. You know? Yeah, maybe right. in some cases, but mm. it didn't help me. Um, I mean, I well, hang on, Morgan, that's a very difficult situation Sarah finds herself in. And, and I, I understand a lot of women particularly go through that. It's a very difficult thing to go through. Oh, sorry, Morgan. Um, yeah, you're okay. I'd be interested to know, um, your, the caller there, what first attracted her to her uh, husband, if you can remember back? What first attracted me to him? Yeah, so do you know when you start dating or like what, what what was the thing that you know made you think like oh my god like this this fucking man like this is the guy I want? Yeah, he made me a cup of tea, and I just I don't know. <laughs> like I know that my um, that Irish, might sound stupid. Yeah. No, that might sound absolutely stupid, but like he's a lovely presence about himself. He's he's just an amazing guy. Like he's just. Like, yeah, but that's great. That, so, uh, that, sorry to cut across you. That sounds like that. That's the kind of the friendship thing, you know. Like he's a nice guy. Uh, I don't mean to be crude around, but you know that that you know when you see a movie star on the TV, or if, say if no, I you're if saying I when, I, when I when I was first attracted to him, when I yeah, when I was first attracted to him, we were like rabbits. Yeah. Like seriously, day, night, night and day. Like I'm dead serious. Like like I'm yeah. this, like, and it is a very sensitive topic. Like, and I'm not going to be rude on the radio, but, like, I just feel personally, like, that there's not really much a woman can do when they're in that predicament. Like, and yeah, when, so. when, when you start talking about people, and I'm being 100% serious about this, right, when you're talking about people and antidepressants, there is people out there that are clinically depressed and really mm-hmm. need antidepressants. And then you have people out there taking antidepressants because the, basically the life is not going according to the way they want to. But if they're still on antidepressants, that's their choice. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, but I don't feel like, and I know it's not a show about antidepressants, but like, I just feel like the best part of the show is being mocking people. No, no, hang on. No, no, hang on. No, I, nobody mocked anybody. And as I said, you know, okay, there was two callers who believe they're overprescribed. I'm not going to deny they are overprescribed. I think even well, most doctors would admit that. Like, if, if they, they are overprescribed. Doctor, I mean, they are, hold on, hang on. Some people do need antidepressants. That's fine. We've accepted that. But some people who are on them don't need them. They shouldn't be on them. Yeah, well, 
No, listen, I work with mental health. My own brothers have been talking. I know most like most doctors out there will not prescribe an antidepressant That's unless and they go and true. give a proper assessment. That's not true. I, I, I am well aware of doctors who, it's the first thing they'll do. is prescri- If you tell them you're feeling down, oh, here's a tablet for you. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know where they and came they sh- from. And they shouldn't. They that's the not the, that's... They must have got the license out of a lucky bag, if that's the case. Well, I, well, I, I did mention earlier on, there was, well, well, I, well, I did mention earlier on, there was uh, an interesting article back in the Irish Examiner, I think it was, about seven or eight years ago, where a young reporter in her 20s went around to, I think it was 19 doctors in the local area in Cork, and told them she was depressed. She wasn't, but she told them she was. And all 19, no. all 19 of them prescribed antidepressants. Nobody, no, nobody, you, but no, nobody, no, nobody prescribed going to somebody to talk. Niall, can I say something to yeah, you? Yeah. You know I'm a recovering addict. I do, yeah. yeah. Right. Over 20 years ago, over near 30 years ago, I'd be going in now with doctors and I'd be getting boxes of morphine off them and boxes of benzos. So there's plenty of doctors out there that are ben. Yeah, oh, I know that. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. Yeah, absolutely. That's where, where I'm coming from with that. Yeah. I wouldn't so, disagree with you. They're not caring about the well-being of the person. So Absolutely. It on but then we're agreeing with each other. It. Well, then we're agreeing with each other. There, there are doctors yeah, out there who overprescribe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm talking about a genuine person. Well, okay. I, I think Morgan. A genuine doctor. The point, I'm going way over time here, but the point Morgan is trying to make is, is that sometimes, and I get the point that he's making in relationships when we're talking about sex, forget about the antidepressants for the moment. When we're talking about people going off sex, and particularly women and the libido dropping, it's not that the libido d- drops. It's just that she doesn't find her husband as attractive as she did when she first met him because he's a different person. Yeah, well, that does happen in relationships. Or relationships do grow apart. Yeah. I do agree with that because <clears throat> I, I am with my husband today because of my ex. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm I know, sorry. and you still so love him. I know what he's saying. Classic Hits Radio. I can tell you, we have more of an interest in this topic than probably anything we've ever done before. Not so much, by the way, just in the aspect of the antidepressants, just in relation to sex in itself and people going off it. And what does the other person do in the relationship? And some interesting text coming in. Somebody says, Niall, um, I was in a similar situation. I lost my libido. Our sex life went from four or five times a week down to once every month. And even then, it seemed like a chore to me. Sadly, my husband left me for the younger model, as they say. But I can completely understand because I wasn't willing to accept the fact that our sex life was important. I, I, I don't blame yourself ever for your husband cheating. That's that's never. It, there's no reason for your husband cheating. If your husband wants to leave you because the sex isn't good, you just turn around and say, "Listen, I don't love you anymore. It's not working out. You know, we're not having sex, whatever." And I'm going, "Yeah, bye." And then go off and find somebody else that he wants to do. But cheating and deceiving somebody or being deceptive is not an answer and you should never ever justify that in any shape or form. But what is important is if you're in a relationship and both of you are happy not to have sex, that's perfectly fine. That's that's a good relationship. If you're in a relationship and one of you is not interested in sex and the other one is, well, then that's going to cause a problem. And I've always said this and I remember a doctor saying it to me on the air once many, many years ago. That sex is only 10% of a relationship or intimacy. But when there's a problem, it becomes 90% of a relationship because things tend to focus on it then if it becomes a problem. In other words, if one person is interested and the other is not, it can become 90% of a relationship and become a huge problem in the relationship. And the key to dealing with that problem always is communication. If you cannot communicate to the other person that you're not happy with that situation or 
if indeed, let's say it's the wife that loses interest in sex and she doesn't say to her husband, well, look, it's not your fault. It's something I need to deal with. And maybe we could talk about this and maybe we can go and see somebody. And you're not, if you're not willing to accept that and willing to communicate with your other half in relation to that, well, then the relationship is going to fall apart at the seams. Key is communication. Let me go to James. James, hi. You're on Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. Hi, Niall. How's things? Good. James, I, I, going back to, I suppose, the original email, she went off it because she was on antidepressants, which is a whole different kettle of fish, and we talked about that for nearly an hour there. But I suppose, what, what is the solution here? I think, to be honest now, I think the antidepressants are a lot of gobble. Absolute gobble. Like, I know, fair enough, you need them. You do need them. But I Some people do, they're yeah. Ab- they're handed out to anybody. You know, you could be, you know, store next. There's a few antidepressants. But, like, in terms of sex and everything like that like when it comes into that you know it, it is it is it is something that's hard for everybody because you know the man the man is you know he's got he's not he's got a loss there you know what i mean and then there's you have the woman and sure she's getting none of it either but sure she can't but that's the issue with the antidepressants i think the antidepressants are the biggest issue out of this all and yeah but but, but she did but she well, when she said when she didn't have the antidepressants she couldn't cope with life and she says she can cope with life now she may go on a walk or something, you know. Like, ah, it's not. You, you, you're writing off. You, you can't just write off depression like go for a walk. That's not always the answer. It doesn't always, you know, going for a walk. You know, being depressed is not just about being in a bad mood. You know, for some people, it's a lot more than that. Yeah, but sure, look, like, like back in the day, like there was none of these antidepressants. Yeah, and back in the day, people killed themselves. Sadly. I, yeah, but you can't pick up the hole if you're in, you know, if you're in a bad mood. And ah, like, James, I, I'm with you to a certain degree, but you can't just say if someone's in a bad mood, give them a kick up the hole and say, cheer up. That doesn't always work. You know what I mean? I, I agree with that, but, but these tablets and all this, there were, the world was so much better without them. Like, there was other ways of going around it. And in fairness, you know, suicide and everything, it's disgraceful. You know, it's it a sad thing. That, yeah, of course but, it is. At the end of the day, there's always a solution for the problem. You know, that it doesn't have to end up with medication. There's always another solution. Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to write off medication completely because medication has kept us alive. I mean, look now at people, human beings. We live a lot longer than we did 50 years ago because of medication. Ah, certainly it's certainly not because of our healthy lifestyle. I can tell you that much. Actually, yeah, so like, I do have the old sore back there or whatever. And sure, like, the old tablets do the job. But, you know, like, at the end of the day, like... On, on to the other note, you know, the, the sexual side of things, like, it's still... It's are you in a, are you in a relationship yourself? Yeah, I okay. am indeed, yeah. Okay, so let's just try to say, for argument's sake, your other half went off sex and decided, it's not for me anymore, I'm not really into it, it doesn't do me, do, doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. And and it went down from, I don't know, once or twice a week or whatever it is at the moment, I haven't a clue what your sex life is like at the moment, but let's say it went from that down to, you know, once every two or three months or Christmas and birthdays. What would happen? It'd just be terrible. You know, sad form. You know, you know, you enjoy it. You go out to enjoy it. You know, and like, you know, you might get it for a while, but you're like, when you do get it, it's good. But when you're when you're lacking it that for that much, like, you know, I think it's it's, it's a conversation that needs to be had. You know, you need to put your foot down and say, look. And could you live I without think- it? Could you support your wife if she didn't want to have sex? Yeah, to an extent. To an extent, like there, there's a point there where I turn around and I just say, "Look, is it me? Like, am I am I the problem here?" But like, it, it, if it wasn't that issue, then it'd be something that you have to, you know, sort it out. Yeah, it would have to be because it is it is a need, you know, and it's and you know, it, it obviously it doesn't have to be a necessary need, but everyone needs it. You know what I mean? It, it's a natural part of life. Well, well, it is quite natural having sex. Let me just, well, say that. Let me just go to Eileen as well. 
Eileen, hi, how are you? Hi, Nile, how are you? Good, nice to talk to you, Eileen. What would you like to say? Uh, I, I, I just joined in at the end of a bit of a conversation, but okay. we went on to the antidepressants or whatever, yeah. and how people's lives are affected by it, yeah. by taking them or whatever. Yeah. Now, I have to say, a supportive partner is half your tablet. And Absolutely. I, I'm after going through an awful lot of grief in my life. Mm. I lost my mother in 2010, my brother-in-law in 2011, my sister aged 54 in 2012. Oh, wow. Uh, went on antidepressants and I took one tablet that absolutely, I knew the day it went into me, it was like, I rang the chemist and... Can this actually do this to you? I felt so unwell. So, and I when, you, when you say when you say you felt unwell, what, what what sort of feeling did you have? And by the way, my condolences on the on your three losses. By the way, that's well, terrible. Well, well, there's more to come after yeah. that. Okay. Um, oh, violent, very nausea and diarrhea, and I just was not well. Okay. And now they they do say, by the way, with new medications, sometimes you can have side effects which go oh, away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah. That's fine. And yeah. this, uh, Talk to one, doctor, one, yeah. what, what frightened me was that it happened so fast. So I just stopped them. I said, okay. come on, okay. pull yourself up. Okay. So then life went on. And then I lost another sister in 2018. And wow. she's only 64. Yeah. And my dad died only in two, a year ago. Gosh. And, you've had, a, you've had a lot of losses over the last 10 years, haven't you? Oh, yeah. 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 For my family. I can understand so, how, how much so, grief you have. So yeah. now what we're talking now here about antidepressants and the support that other people can give you yeah. other than a tablet. So my point is I'm a very supportive husband. Like I gave up on everything. Like I moved into a separate bedroom because I was so alone. Uh, everybody was gone. Uh, I had to try and cope. That was very but difficult. He supported yeah. me. Yeah. He supported me. And when I'm done, he is there to put an arm around me. And he he didn't care about the lack of intimacy, yeah. No, he didn't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because he knows that when I'm ready, I'll be ready and he's not pushing this. Yeah. So I think to, to I don't know, the first lady that rang, what she Sent wants to do, or I yeah. didn't hear, I didn't hear it, yeah. but I, I feel, and then I do use flashcards, they're like little things that we used to teach our children to read, like learn the word light or whatever, and a lot of them help me. Good. It's like, and how are you feeling now, by the way, Eileen? It, it makes no sense to worry about things you have no control over. Absolutely. How, and how do you how do you feel now? Because there's nothing you can do about them, mm. and why worry about the things you can control? The activity of worrying keeps you immobilized. And I'm in a place now. It was only a few weeks ago. I went back to my doctor again. I was like crying, and oh, I, I had an awful fall in April, and I, I can't walk and whatever. And this all changed my life again. So I had a lot of change in my life. I looked after my father. My father only died a year ago. And everything changed. But I just had to say to myself, you have to move on. Yeah. You can't fix the past. No. And just because uh, 
I don't have sex three or four times a week, it's not affecting me. Okay. So I, I would honestly say to anybody out there, just hold tough. Hold tough. Okay, well, well hang on. Let me just let me go to Jude as well. Jude, hi. How are you doing? That's a tough, tough situation. Absolutely brilliant, Niall. Yeah, I'm glad you're having a great time. Uh, so, Jude, unfortunately, most people, or a lot of people talking to us tonight, are not having a good time. Life is a little bit difficult for them. So what would you say, you know, to, you know, somebody, let's venture off with antidepressants for a second, but somebody who's in a relationship and there's no sex? Well, first of all, all relationships have to be worked at. You can't just drop a relationship at a you know, to drop the hat just because things aren't going well. Relationships do have ups and downs. Yeah. They really do. And you yeah. have to work at them. But what he should do is go get her to go to a good head doctor. Because sometimes it's probably easier to talk to a stranger. But, like, he's the one with not with the... He doesn't have depression. And he's the one... And it's not his fault that he can't get it back. It's her fault that he's not... She's not letting him get it back. So, I can't see... It's a bit of an impasse if it's going to be a, a thing for the future or a long-term thing, I can't. I think there's a bit of an impact that that relationship might last unless she gets help because... Well, she's said, already get, she's got help for her mental health by taking antidepressants and she feels better. She's coping with life better, but she's just not into sex anymore. That's what I mean. So, okay, the, the meds are doing, her gra- are doing her great, but it's not doing the relationship or him great. So even the, yeah, apart from the physical aspects or the side effects of medicines, isn't aren't isn't the side effects of the medicine affecting their relationship? Well, yes. So I couldn't yes. see it lasting too long. So unless she does get into a good headspace, say with um, a, a head um, a psychiatrist or whatever, I couldn't see that relationship um, last and say another ten, fifteen years if he's not being able to get it back. And I don't think I'd be able to mm. go another say ten, fifteen years if it was my hand that would because like. So if, you, so if your other half decide, let, let's say your other half or her libido went and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how often, you know, you have sex, but if, let's say if it's two or two twice or three times a week and it went to, you know, once a month or once every two or three months or, and then casually went off to once or twice every year, how would you feel about that? Wouldn't work for that you? That wouldn't mean that. I didn't, I wouldn't have signed up for that. And don't get me wrong. I wouldn't, I've been through loads of things at my weekend, loads of things. And there was a few times she was sick and... You know what I mean? And I couldn't get it back for a good while. But then, because obviously she hadn't got my help, but then that was Grant, she got better. But if I knew it was a long-term thing, 10, 15, 20 years without getting it back, I don't think I'd be able to stay in that relationship. Because I know it's only 10% relationship, you're dead right, but it's a huge problem. And especially for the man. Or say if it was a woman who, and her husband was, and it was the other way around, it's a huge, because they're not the ones who have the depression. They're the ones who want to get it back or want to get, you know, yeah. have a good um, relationship in the head. Yeah. So, mm. so I couldn't see that relationship lasting long term unless she comes around. Because he's not mm. the one. I know she, and I'm not being horrible here, but he. No, some people might say you're being selfish, but yeah, she is. Yeah. Well, when you say she's the problem, she's fixed her problem. When, when I say fixed it, her mental health is better. So she has an option, you know, and the option is, well, according to what she's saying in the email, that she, she takes the antidepressants, she copes with life better, but the downside is she's not having sex anymore with her husband or her partner. That's something to side for. So, but that couldn't continue long-term in a relationship that if you're with someone for so long. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I don't you know, know what the noise is in the background. Well, stay, stay there, Jude, for a second. Stay, stay there. Let me just go to Ali as well. Ali, hi, how are you? 
Hello, hello. I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Good. Now, Ali, you're a pharmacist. Yes. Okay. Ali, just correct me if I'm wrong, and a few people have said this tonight. Do you believe antidepressants are antidepressants are overprescribed? Okay, so essentially, as a healthcare professional, I'm not going to go into expressing my opinion, um, but what I want to express is my analysis of what some of the people who have called your show have said. So, for example, the... Um, let's say, in quote marks, the over-prescribing of antidepressants. The reason why there is an increase in the prescribing of antidepressants is that the criteria for the diagnosis of depression has been more lenient and reduced. Now, this is backed by the cause and the fundamental cause of depression being multifactorial, okay? Mm. Now, depression is not caused over, let's say, a low mood, isolated low mood incident. There has to be certain factors for you to, you know, certain parameters for you to have. In order yeah, in other words, it's not uh, just caused by depression. grief or a relationship breaking down yeah, or sadness. Sure. Look, yes, there are, there are depressions that are, you know, seasonal. There are depressions that is caused by grief, but those are usually self-limiting and those are usually for a fair amount of time. Look, depression is something that is caused from multifactorial things. For example, it's caused by social welfare issues. It's caused by deprivation. It's caused by years of inequality or years of, let's say, injustice or years of deprivation of having a poor, like, upbringing, which has caused um, a, you know, a extended feeling of sorrow or extended feeling... Yeah, limited, no limited outcome in life and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and look, and look, the reason why we've seen such a stark increase in the prescription or the prescribing of antidepressants is that the other ways of dealing with, um, you know, the social issues or the issues that cause depression are too expensive. For example, in order to increase social welfare, you need to inject a lot of money. In order to provide cognitive behavior therapy, which is a proven clinical method of, you know, enlightening people's lives in, in terms of making people mm-hmm. enjoy what they used to do, for more, those are very, you know, um, financially heavy procedures and things to do. So antidepressants seem to be like the easy way or a simpler way to fix a bigger issue. But in the larger image, there has to be a, you know, a big analysis and a big case study, which is, you know, sponsored. Yeah, because sometimes, people. sometimes I think antidepressants <laughs> maybe just mask the bigger issue. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And this is this is why I think there has to be a big, you know, research. Uh, multi-institutional research in terms of where are we going going to go with this? Like, where is the end point or where is the ideal point in 10, 15, 20 years' time? Yeah, well, look, we're never going to get perfection, but how can we make a population happier? Absolutely. I completely agree with you, right? Uh, and, And yes, doctors should be, if it's available, recommending talk therapy because talk therapy can help people who are depressed or feeling down as well. Absolutely. Okay, so in a situation where people are taking antidepressants, one of those side effects is a loss of libido. So how does the other partner in the relationship deal with that loss of libido and which is more important, obviously? Look, so again, this is is something which comes out of my um, area of expertise, but I'm going to answer as a person um, who you've answered the question, who you've asked the question to. So in terms of that, look, in, in my opinion, in this case, um, in a relationship is, is about compromise and understanding of the opposite partner. Now, if you have understood or you have, you know, taken in that your partner is going through some issues and who is dealing with it by using medication or by using other things that will have side effects or that will cause a decrease in certain, you know, arousing um, aspects or behaviors, then this is something that the couple or the people within the relationship should be able to resolve 
or should be able to compromise it. You know, mm. um, relationships is not always win-win. Is is, is, is winning and winning is always is not going to be sustainable. Um, it's all about compromises and all about understanding each other. Now, I, I think also about getting a second opinion too, Ali, is important. I mean, Holly, who was on, I don't know whether you heard her at the start of the show, um, she talked about the fact that her doctor put her on antidepressants. It made matters worse. Um, she Her libido fell to the floor. Uh, she couldn't even stand looking at her husband, don't mind touching him. And then she went to another doctor, I think, or the same doctor, I can't remember, on a couple of occasions and insisted that maybe she was going into menopause even though she was only in her early 40s. Um, and the doctor mm-hmm. then agreed and put her on HRT and it turned her life around. So I think, you know, getting a second opinion sometimes maybe or, you know, for maybe sure. trying a different direction sometimes can help. For sure, for sure, 100%. And um, this is why that, you know, using a certain class of medication. By the way, let me just open a parenthesis, a bracket here. Um, we've seen data come out recently by, you know, big pharmaceutical companies, which I'm not going to name, in which really, you know, indulges in the data that they provided at the time of licensing for their medication, which actually didn't see a massive increase of, for example, efficacy of the medication in comparison to placebo. Very, very recently, this data was um, published. Obviously, I'm not going to name the company. However, um, in other words, you're saying to me it just didn't work. It's up to like, yeah. I think, 17% difference between a placebo and the actual medication. But a placebo is like a medication with nothing inside. Yeah. Um, but the actual medication causes so many side effects. So, you know, there is a lot of. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the benefits yeah, must outweigh the risks, obviously. Yeah, of course. Well, well, they, again, that is a case by case. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you're only getting 17, if you're only getting a 17% increase or success rate and there's a lot of side effects, well, then the benefits may not out- outweigh the risks. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's a case by case. Well, well, it will be a case by case because for some people, the side effects will actually add to the, let's say, the problem. to the feelings that they already have, you know? Yeah, of it, course, it, because if you're, gonna, if you're suffering from a mental health problem, you go on antidepressants and all of a sudden your libido falls to the floor, you're now going to have a relationship problem, which is going to make matters worse for you. For sure. Yeah. Okay, but do, so actually, really, do, well, do me a favor. Stay there for a second, Ali, because you seem very knowledgeable. Ben, hi. How are you? Hi. How are you keeping? Good. Uh, good, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm just coming on because I've heard, I was driving to the airport and I heard a lot of opinions and I think there was a lot of like one-sided arguments of, you know, people saying you have to take them, some people saying you don't have to and this type of attitude of like, I'll oh, just get on and up with it because you're a man from that perspective where yeah. from my perspective looking at it, I'm only 25 and I think the influences that people are going through at my age is causing a massive turn of events and antidepressants like gambling, drinking, um, and this, all this online marketing that people see constantly about, you know, like if you look up, up, up on your phone therapy, out of nowhere, there's, you know, you're getting ads for therapy everywhere. If you look up antidepressants, there's pills coming up out of nowhere on your phone on ads. And I think people get sucked into it very easily and quickly, whether and they go to their doctor and they say they're depressed. And they get prescribed these tablets without knowing what it's actually going to fix or what it's going to do. What the root cause any, is, yeah. Yeah, or any side effects to it. Like, my perspective on it is, like, I, I've had a tough year myself. I went into the doctor and was prescribed tablets, and I said, I actually don't want a prescription because I don't believe in them. I, I get people need them. Go for it if you need them. You know, that's their decision. My side on it was, I think the mind is too complex and too confusing for one single tablet to fix it. And... It's just going to numb whatever you're feeling, but not actually solve any problem. So it's a plaster um, over the bucket as far as you're concerned. Exactly. It's like, you know, you see those those 
pictures when the bucket has three holes and they just put a big plaster over it. Mm. Um, I definitely think that people don't know what they're getting into when they're taking I, I, I think it's sad, by the way, that a 25-year-old, uh, and, and that's what Ali is talking about, the pressures of life, and we're seeing an increase, obviously, in antidepressants, but a lot of that's to do with overprescribing. It's also to do with the world around us. I mean, and, yeah. you know, young people have a lot more pressures now than probably we would have had when I was young. You know, we weren't worried about, you know, the bills that you guys are mobile phone bills and Netflix bills and everything else and, and keeping up with the Joneses. You know, we, I wasn't worried about that at your age. That wasn't something I was concerned about. The only thing I was concerned about is I have 20 quid to go to a nightclub on a Friday night. That's all that concerned me. You know, so I, I think there's a lot of pressures in the world. And Ali is right about poverty and all these other, you know, a lack of outcome. I mean, nowadays, you know... You, Kids got to go to college. When I was a kid in school, we didn't have to go to college. We left school. We started working as soon as we left school. We had money in our pockets. So there was everybody had the same kind of outcome. Whereas nowadays, unless you have, you know, so many points in your leaving cert or GCSEs, as Ali would say, because he's in the United Kingdom, you know, that's like a currency. You don't have an outcome. Yeah, completely. And like, I think it's also a type of thing of, you know, what's going on in the media of, you know, maybe a man not being a man anymore and what a man should be or shouldn't be. That has gone out of the use of today. Like for myself, for example, I was brought up as, you know, be a handyman, be able to work hard, you know, make sure you're bringing in uh, money to provide for yourself and anyone around you that needs it. Mm. And I think for a lot of the youth today, that's not the case. So you think like, men are being emasculated is what you're saying? Yeah, mm. I, okay. I, I, would, I, I would agree with that statement. Um, although people say like oh well you know the the classic man isn't that isn't that anymore it's that people could say that was wrong or an incorrect i don't think there was anything wrong with a man that went out the backyard and took his shirt off and chopped wood you know i I don't believe that's such a bad man absolutely not i i i I, I, let me let me me just go back to ali on that ali i mean the world around us is very different for young people it's sad to hear ben at 25 saying that he felt like that and that young people feel the need to go on antidepressants it wouldn't have been the case when i was young that young people were going on antidepressants I mean, look, um, in terms of going on to antidepressants, and, and let me just talk a bit about like the, the theory of antidepressants. Look, they're all about neurotransmitters that we have within our brain and within our body. And um, the way these antidepressants work or the different classes of antidepressants work is to do with the reuptake or disallowing those neurotransmitters to essentially fade away. So there is a science behind these antidepressants. However, Going back to your question regarding, you know, what the society has done to create this kind of feeling of like um, not being worthy or you're, you need to do more to fit in or you're not good enough. That, that itself is a social, you know, social issue that um, I guess is, is something that we will not be able to change. However, the methods of coping with it, we will be able to change. And I think something that is really important is education, is to make sure that we are educated to know that it is okay to, you know, be how we are, okay to strive. And if we, you know, for example, if we have a hurdle in the way, that is not the end and for all. You know, we we are very blessed to live in a society or in a part of the world, if we look at it as, you know, as a worldwide thing, Mm -hmm. that opportunities are there. We are blessed to, for example, have a... Yeah, we, well, we, we, have, we have equal opportunities, but as you rightly said, we don't have equal outcomes. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.